All right, everyone, welcome into another episode of the Spoiler Alert Podcast. Dylan and Ty here, and this is going to need to be a a speed run kind of episode. We have a lot to cover here, so let's just jump right into it. Uh, We are going to be doing, as always, upcoming movies of the week. We trimmed that down to only movies that people have probably heard of. There were like eight films coming up, but six of them, no one probably gives a shit about. Uh, Some movie news here. Uh, Ty is going to go on a rant about Winnie the Pooh. We're going to do a mini review of Infinity Pool since I just saw it. And then we are going to do a little uh, fun segment called Defend the Film, where uh, Ty will be defending Avatar 2, The Way of Water. And I'm going to be defending uh, the new Ant-Man here. So uh, there will be a little spoiler free section, but then we're going to get into the meat of it. And like most of it will be spoiler. So let's just jump right into it uh notable movies upcoming this week it's really just one uh but the other one is popping up all over the place so i guess some people care uh but the only movie that i personally care about here is cocaine bear um it's probably going to be a really dog shit type of movie stupid humor stupid uh effects most likely but we actually had this episode originally planned to talk about our favorite lowest rated films but we we scrapped that um and that was due to uh cocaine bear uh likely going to be a low rated film but maybe there's a cult following so inspired by a 1985 true story of a drug runner's plane crash missing cocaine and the black bear that ate it this is a wild dark comedy that finds an oddball group of cops criminals tourists and teens coveraging in a georgia forest where a 500 pound apex predator has ingested a staggering amount of cocaine and gone on a coke-fueled rampage for more blow and blood. Sadly, this is uh, Ray Liotta's last movie. Um, but who knows? It'll probably be better than this than he was in uh, The Many Saints of Newark. Hopefully this one's better than, I mean, Winnie the Pooh. I just, after seeing that, I have no expectations now. Surely this will be better than that. But, you know, we'll see. I have tickets to see us on Thursday, but now I'm not sure if I'll be able to go or not until probably Sunday, so we'll see. Well, hey, that's probably a good thing, Ty, because apparently uh, if you go to a movie on the opening night, you're you're a loser. You have no life. Yeah, we have some haters in the YouTube comments. Yeah, bro. I mean, I, is, do people not go on opening nights anymore? I remember in like middle school, high school, that was like fun. Specifically, Marvel is the way to go whenever you're going to see a movie on the opening night. It's, that's like a Marvel tradition. Yeah, so whatever. Be angry. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, at least I got some haters. All right, next movie here. Um, Again, never heard of this movie, but honestly, when I was looking at uh, upcoming films at, like, the drive-in to go to again, uh, this kept showing up in, like, a lot of screenings for it. Never heard of it. Called Jesus Revolution. It is also a true story, much like Cocaine Bear, so they are very similar. Of a natural spiritual awakening in the early 1970s and its origins within a community of teenage hippies in Southern California. I don't give a shit about this movie at all. I just had to bring it up because it seems like people do for some reason. Oh no, it's a Jesus origin movie. In the 1970s. <laughs> <laughs> this the is how it all film, started. The one we've all been waiting for. Jesus. <laughs> two. Jesus He's two. Dead. Electric boogaloo. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So that's what's coming out. Um, not very exciting. Cocaine Bear might be fun, but 
stupid. Honestly, I was more excited for it before I knew Elizabeth Banks was directing. So, agreed, agreed, agreed. All right, what uh, what's new in the movie world, Ty? Not a whole lot of news coming out either this week. There's some, but I figured keep it short too, just like you said. So we did get a big announcement with I Am Legend two being. Uh, announced to come out starring Michael B. Jordan and Will Smith set decades after the original film after Will Smith infamously slapped Chris Rock at the 2022 Oscars many of his projects were either put on hold or scrapped entirely but this one's now being fast-tracked likely due to the success of The Last of Us so the film will follow the alternate ending of the first movie where Will Smith's character survives I think this is a good idea but this is seen that uh, that ending was seen by a lot less people. People saw the theatrical version where he dies in the end. So hopefully this will be good. I loved the first I Am Legend. I was I saw that in theaters too back in the day. So I have high hopes for this, but we'll see. I'm yeah. I I don't know about high hopes on my end, but uh, definitely we'll see it. I, I'm with you. I am the first I Am Legend was great, kind of heart wrenching. Mm-hmm. Um, you know donkey dies i always feel bad when that happens but yeah yeah, it's curious how that's gonna go if everyone saw the theatrical ending and it's just gonna confuse the hell out of people it is very Um, confusing and also i hate it whenever a movie is like this is the last guy on earth there's nobody else alive and it's just like (laughs) here comes from here comes michael b jordan out of nowhere just kidding here's creed yeah, here comes Creed coming to kick some zombie ass too. Yeah, I'm also not the biggest Michael B. Jordan fan. Uh, I'll be honest there ah, as well. I love Michael B. Jordan. I think he's fucking electric, especially in Creed movies. He was good in Kill as Killmonger too in Black Panther. But I I just see him the same in everything. Just a deadpan stare. Dude takes everything way too serious. Um, I liked him in The Wire. Um, he dies in that. Yeah. However, so. <laughs> <laughs> I do and Jonathan Majors in Creed Three as well. Kang himself. Let's bring him. Okay, and then just one more news topic to get into. Uh, sad news topic: Bruce Willis yeah. diagnosed with dementia. So, after Bruce Willis's uh, family announced in March 2022 that the 67-year-old actor had been diagnosed with aphasia, which is the loss of ability to understand or express speech, and would retire from acting, uh, his condition his condition has now progressed into frontotemporal dementia. So during his 40 years of acting, Willis's movies have grossed more than $5 billion around the world. He's been nominated for five Golden Globes and three Emmys. Uh, in the last several years, he's only appeared in an assortment of direct-to-video movies. His last major film role was 2019's Motherless Brooklyn and M. Night Shyamalan's movie Glass. But uh, just sad news for a legend of the game. Yeah, it's, we kind of brought it up slightly last episode, I believe. I think we were talking about Liam Neeson and how he's just kind of doing a bunch of movies. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I know Bruce Willis has some medical issues. And that was before this happened. So I hope I, I didn't jinx him or anything. I knew I knew some things were going <laughs> on with him. Um, but yeah, Bruce Willis definitely goes down as one of the bigger actors. Um, maybe not our generation, but our parents Probably. Yeah, definitely. Definitely one of the best action stars to ever do it. Uh, yeah, and, and then uh, a couple award award notes here. I don't know when the Golden Globes was, but I, I just finally saw the results there, and then the BAFTAs just happened here, Ty. And this, mm-hmm. both of these worry me. Both of these worry me. So Golden Globes gave the Fablemans the best drama over Avatar. Sure, that makes sense. Top mm-hmm. Gun, No. That doesn't make sense to me. Uh, Elvis, that makes sense. Tar, I haven't seen, so I can't speak to it. Um, but again, I really feel like Spielberg's name being attached to it gives it a pretty big bump here in, in these. So I 
that that just pains me a little bit. But what pains me even more is that Banshees of Sheeran won Best Musical Slash Comedy over everything, everywhere, all at once. That makes zero sense to me. Uh, we talked about that movie a little bit. It, it's a, a decent war movie. The action scenes are good uh, and, and, and gripping, but the story itself falls short of the original film and, and of course, the book it's based on. Uh, so that... I mixed two things together there. Holy shit. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, wait a, say, minute, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> I, I mixed two things together. Banshees of Venture in one. That doesn't make any sense. But also for the BAFTAs, All Quiet on the Western Front won over everything, everywhere, all at once. So those two are both bothersome to me. I was talking about All Quiet on the Western Front when I was <laughs> talking about the original movie in the book. Uh, Banshees of Venture and no idea what that's based on, but I know you couldn't even make it through it. So again, both of those shocking to me and shows that um, these awards aren't really about entertainment. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't see how in either world, maybe these BAFTAs, I'm not sure, because that's British film, right? Like, so maybe they, yes. that's why they like All Quiet better. They got uh, that it's European like a, it's a bias. Euro, exactly, the European bias. But Banshees have been assuring, uh winning over everything everywhere all at once seems like laughable to me. I wanted to like Banshees of Inishirin, but I just couldn't even finish it. It was too damn boring. And I love everybody in that movie, and I loved In Bruges. So I was thinking that this movie would be great, but certainly not better than everything everywhere. Yeah, so that blows my mind. Has me a little worried for the Oscars. I did look up the odds again. Uh, everything everywhere is still the favorite by a good bit, minus 215. Yeah, a lot of the times these, like, people try to claim these are, like, indicators as to what will actually win and what won't win, but clearly yeah. not here. It's no way. I'm glad it's kind of all over the place. Makes it a little interesting, but they're just got it wrong twice yeah that's there's there's no way all right ty another movie that's probably going to be up for an oscar here this time next year uh winnie the pooh so give us a rant about that let's start spoiler free and then uh really rip it apart let me know just how terrible this movie is when we get into the spoilers okay to get into this without spoiling it i will just say that this (laughs) is without a doubt the worst movie i've ever seen in my entire life and now I'm going to go into spoilers because there's nothing to this movie. It's not worth giving it any more time than that. So here we go. Skip ahead four minutes and 40 seconds to skip the spoilers for Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. It's the worst acting, costume design, and CGI and editing I've ever seen. Uh, too many <laughs> movies these days are trying to just pull off low budget bullshit, try to turn a profit on being shocking and edgy. Sadly, this one will make a profit. I mean, I'm partly to blame for that. But the budget was less than 100000 It grossed over $2 million at the box office. The directors already came out and said that the sequel will have at least five times the budget of the first. So, okay, you're going to have a 500K budget this time. That's still not a lot at all. Um, just lots of dumb horror movie cliches, like stopping in an abandoned rundown gas station for gas that clearly nobody works at or has used in a decade. Uh, nudity just for the sake of being shocking and over the top. There's an actual scene where Winnie the Pooh gets into a fucking car and drives over a girl's head. He drives. Winnie the Pooh drives a car. <laughs> um, the worst ending you could imagine, just genuinely not a single redeeming quality to this movie. Good for them for making their money, but fuck this movie. Absolute zero out of 100. And that's so, all I got to say. I, I, got, I have some questions, Ty, because I, I'm not going to see it. I mean, I'll probably skim through it at some point whenever it's kind of out there. Yeah. But I, So how does... 
poo come about? Like, is he always just a giant man thing? Or was he a bear that turns into a giant man thing? They don't even do a very good job at explaining that because <laughs> you're just watching the, the movie and the, it clearly looks like a guy wearing a poo mask. Yes. He's just there going on a rampage after Christopher Lob- Robin leaves for college. Jesus. It's okay. just absolutely bizarre. Yeah, well, a lot of people seem to agree with you, Ty. 4.3 on IMDb and a 16 Metacritic score. So that's quite, quite fascinating and impressive that they could do that. Um, sometimes sometimes a movie's so bad that it's good, like The Room, all those stupid movies. Like, so sure. bad, but you got to watch it just because it's that bad. This is not even worth watching. It's just that bad that it's bad. Uh, a lot of people know this, but the reason this movie was able to be made is because the Winnie the Pooh novel from 1920s, I don't remember exactly when, is now in the public domain. Um, however, they could not resemble the Disney characters who debuted, debuted in 1966. Those are still under copyright protections. Also, the copyright's still in place in Europe, so it's le- uh, legally hard to see over there. So lucky them, it sounds like. Yeah, I did see that Tigger was not yet in the public domain either, and that's why he wasn't in the movie. Like, I remember we brought that up yeah, an episode or so ago, but yeah, he's no, not in the public domain yet, so that's why he wasn't in the movie. And thank God he wasn't, because Tigger's the goat as far as Winnie the Pooh goes. I don't want to see him ruined <laughs> like the rest of them. That's right, that's right. Disney will protect him. Uh, the movie was filmed in 10 days, and it sounds like that's very obvious. Yeah, this is another one of those situations where I think I could have made a better movie than this, given the budget and uh, the circumstances. So I'm looking at this director, the guy who made it, Rise Frake Waterfield, and you already talked about how he plans on doing like a whole uh, world of children's things as horror films. Uh, you got Peter Pan's Neverland Nightmare coming up. But I'm looking through his filmography here, and this dude does not have an original idea. Like I'm oh, looking gosh. through some of this stuff. Um, he made Wrath of Van Helsing. So Van Helsing was obviously a, already a thing. The Legend of Jack and Jill, already a thing. Uh, Bloody Mary, already a thing. He made something about from H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, what else we got here? Jack Frost, Area 51, Krampus, Bloody Mary 2. I, I don't know how this guy's getting money to make this stuff. He might just be like a daddy's boy. And uh, people, people are just giving him money to make movies somehow. I just looked him up on IMDb, and he looks like exactly what you described. He looks like his dad was just like, here you go, son. Here's $100,000. Go make <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. And then, it, like you said, he keeps making a profit. So, I mean, that's probably all they give a shit about. Yeah, none of these movies can be great. And uh, I'm sure the Winnie the Pooh sequel won't be great. I'm sure this Peter Pan won't be great. But I'm sure that I'm still going to go see them for the podcast. See, there we go. We suffer for your entertainment. Yeah, but we still got the haters in the comments. Yeah. Jerks. Get the hell out of here. (laughs) All right. Ty, so I did end up seeing Infinity Pool uh, this past week, and you saw that before I did, and you gave a a little um, spoiler-free overview of the movie, uh, convincing me to see it, and I did. I did go see it. Um, so we already kind of talked about it. Um, so we're going to just say, of course, it was already uh, originally rated NC-17. They debuted it that way. Didn't hit as well as they wanted to, so they cut it down to rated R. But there will be an uncut version, kind of like uh, Megan. Uh, oh, okay. Also rumored that Robert Pattinson passed on the lead role that Scarzard took. Wow. 
I still think it would have been just as good with Rob Padson. I probably would have got yeah. like a little bit more of like a uh, like a lighthouse vibe. Right. Yeah, he he's shown he has a, a range, you know. <laughs> I think we yeah, talked absolutely. about him before. It's like he's not just the Twilight Man anymore. I'll talk about the goddamn guy all the time. I'm a stan. <laughs> so uh yet again, uh spoilers here. I will be uh putting in the little uh, I don't know, me going, oh skip ahead five minutes 40 seconds <laughs> to do it you know just to help you out um but yeah so spoilers uh first off enjoy the movie uh it is a hundred percent not for everyone definitely um, not if you are an a24 fan um i think we talked about how it felt like an a24 movie when you told me about it mm-hmm. and and mia goth is in it and it, it has that exact feel which again is not for everyone. So skip ahead three minutes and 40 seconds to skip the spoilers for infinity pool. Um, overall enjoyed the movie. Really neat concept. The concept of, uh, Hey, you broke the law here on our Island. It's a fictional Island. We were trying to kind of figure out where, like, where the fuck are they? Um, it's not a real place. <laughs> um, so that we, of course we couldn't find it, but essentially you break the law um, it is essentially something they do for rich tourists. They say, all right, well, the punishment for what you did is death. And uh, if you give us money, we essentially make a clone of you and we still murder the clone and you get the watch. And that apparently awakens something in these people and they're all fucking about it. That sounds just about right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, overall, I liked it. Uh, I think I ended up giving it like a 6 out of 10. Um, mm-hmm. After a little bit, it got a little tedious. Some of the decisions uh, Scarzard's character didn't make, like he just kind of told his wife to fuck off. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm going I'm to stay here. And like, you never really understood. You could tell there's a little bit of tension between them because yeah. he's a writer. He's not doing well as a writer. Um, his wife is rich. Her father's like a, a book publisher or something like that. And so, yes, there's some tension there, but you never get the feeling that like they resent each other. So when he was like, nah, I'm staying here, you go home, uh, just to continue going on these, uh, crime sprees essentially. So he can watch himself die over and over. But Ty, the one part that confused me that I didn't understand. So, um, the first time you realize what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hit a dude with his car mm-hmm. and killed him. So they find him. They're like, all right, we're going to make a clone. Uh, your clone's going to be murdered by the dude's son, which is fucked up to, to start with. <laughs> um, does the family know it's not the real person? I'm not sure. I think you would have to think that they don't or else it kind of defeats the whole purpose of it. But then again, right. he's right there. He's right there in the stands. So he's, he's kind of sitting there watching it. Yeah, he's, he's right behind away. him. Yeah. So I'm like, so, what if they just turn around? I was like, wait a minute. Why does that guy look like this guy? Yeah, that's that is a good point. But I I would have to assume that they don't know that it's a double. Right. Um, I think what else? Yeah, they just murder people and they have money. They get away with it. And then he wants to leave, but the cult doesn't want him to leave. They force him to stay for just like one more day, and then they all leave together. Which. I didn't get that either. Why did he have to stay if they were just going to all leave together? Um, but in general, a uh, real fucked up movie. It's not super long, so like it's no. not a big drag or anything, uh, but definitely, definitely not for everyone. Yeah, it's like it's also open ended because you don't know at what point if they're being doubled, if they're yeah. a double of a double. 
but yeah, I mean, what, some of my favorite scenes are whenever they go to the governor's house and they just completely run amok of this dude's house. And I think they kill him. And then mm-hmm. you're just, you're, you think that they actually get in trouble this time. And then it turns out, no, they just all get executed at once. And they're all in the stands laughing at themselves again. Yep. Um, and then I love the bus scene too. Cause Mia Goth's just nuts. And she plays that role so fucking well. I know it's um, crazy. Yeah. It's, it's a little, little disturbing. I, I, I'd be scared to meet her in real life. Cause I, I don't know if it's an act or not. <laughs> she, she might actually be nuts. Uh, but yeah, overall, um, worth seeing. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it's worth seeing. Uh, even in theaters, it's probably worth going to. Um, seeing kind of fucked up films like that in a, a movie theater setting with everyone kind of reacting around you is is a fun thing. Mm-hmm. And I do know that it's already on Amazon, but I'm excited to check out that unrated sure. edition that comes out. So really excited about that. And it's still my favorite movie I've seen so far this year. Uh, I still okay. haven't really seen anything great other than you know, it, Megan, knock at the cabin, and then fucking Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> yeah, so not a lot of competition. Yeah, no, none. Okay, cool. So let's get into defending the film. So we got two films here, Ty. Um, I saw both of these this weekend. Uh, you saw Ant-Man this weekend and Avatar 2, I believe, like the week it came out. Maybe, I think maybe the week it came out, it was a couple months ago, but yeah. So it's been a while, so I'm going to be a little bit rusty on it, but I'm still ready for it. Oh, I'll fill you in. I, I okay. will, I'll be sure to fill you in. <laughs> um, just want to bring up here, uh, there was some news uh, happened today. The Way of Water, so it was probably my fucking dollar that caused this to happen, but The Way of Water did overtake Titanic as the third highest grossing movie of all time. Oh, yeah, exactly. And that was in one of my arguments here that I have to make, yeah. so that's good for me. Yeah, good for you. Good for you. James Cameron knows how to make money. And, and sink ships. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to be defending Ant-Man. Uh, you will be defending Avatar 2. Um, so let's just kind of go in here. Spoiler-free thoughts on each, each of the films. Um, let's start with Avatar 2. Uh, since, since I did just see it, I'll, I'll start. Um, beautiful movie. Uh, the The effects are second to none probably the best looking CGI film I've ever seen. And like 90% of the movie is probably CGI and filmed on a, on a blue screen, green screen, whatever they use now. Mm-hmm. Um, and you would never know. It looks incredible. The water looks amazing. And uh, while we were watching it, I'm like, where was this filmed? Cause I, I want to go to that beach. I want to go to this ocean where it's filmed. It is really beautiful. And then you see it's filmed like just in California. Oh, and wow. I'm like, Oh, well, the water there definitely does not look like this. So it is a ton of it is CGI. It's, it's really, really impressive. Uh, cannot take away from that. They should absolutely win an Oscar from there. That is about where my, uh, positives, my pros end. Um, I was enjoying the movie at the beginning. Um, you know, you get the recap of what's been going on. Uh, in, in his life and everything, but then the story just starts over. It feels exactly the same as the first one. The humans are back. They're also Avatar people now for whatever reason. Um, they're very quickly back. It's not like, oh, they, they went home, 
back to earth and was like, oh, yeah, we, we were defeated there. You know, let's just leave them alone. No, they came immediately back and said, you know what? Fuck this guy. We're going to get Sully or whatever his name is. And uh, we're, we're going to take everything back. And um, this isn't really a spoiler, but it, it's not about Unobtadium anymore, which also, by the way, Unobtadium. Come on. <laughs> what all, a horrible all time, name. <laughs> all time bad name for a movie. Um, but it, it is very long, extremely long. Uh, it didn't feel like three hours. I will say that. No. Um, but it, it is a very long movie that you have to dedicate your time to, which is why, you know, if you are going to see it, that's why I, I would suggest watching it at home, because then you can watch it in parts. Um, you don't have to watch it all in one go. Uh, we saw this directly after Ant-Man because it was the double feature at the drive-in and we didn't think we were going to stay the whole time. But honestly, it was just kind of fun hanging at the drive-in. Uh, yeah. Stacks, all that shit. Um, but focusing on the movie itself, I will get into it in uh, the spoiler section. Um, but overall, just underwhelming in terms of story, dialogue. Um, I don't even know how to judge the acting when... Uh, everyone's kind of just CGI. That is true. Um, so th- that's a little difficult. And the only person that isn't C- CGI, I will talk about in the spoiler section. Yeah. And I pretty much, I, I will say that I liked this movie and I had low expectations going into it. And since I had such low expectations, I was blown away by it. It wasn't mm-hmm. like the, one of the best movies I've ever seen, but I did really like it. And I do think I liked it more than Ant-Man and the Wasp. So okay. I think with that, I'm good to go into spoilers though. Okay. Uh, let, let's talk about Ant-Man real quick, spoiler free, and then we'll jump into both of these. So Ty, um, let's start with you. Start with the cons. Okay. So for this, I had quite literally the opposite of Avatar. I had such high expectations and hopes for this movie that and we could tell by last week's episode, I was excited. It was through the roof. Um, as we saw at beginning of the week before the movie was out, first impressions came out and the reviews were mixed. I tried to disregard that as such a big Marvel fan and going unbiased and think I'd still like it either way. But after leaving, I felt completely let down by this movie. Um, I don't want to get into too much more before switching to spoilers, but yeah, it currently sits at the 47% critic score and 84% audience score. So um, yeah, it's one of the lowest rated Marvel movies. Yeah, and I, I think I come in with maybe a, a different perspective. You know, the last episode we we talked about Marvel movies and I said how I'm not a super big Marvel fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that's why I kind of enjoyed it a bit more. My expectations were probably mid. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't have high expectations. I didn't have low expectations. I'm just like, no, nah, this is the superhero movie. I kind of know what to expect right now. And that's more or less how I felt about it. Um, in terms of what has come out since Endgame, uh, it, it, it probably the same thing. It's probably mid. You know, um, the Spider-Man movies sit, sit on the top. We, we talked about mm-hmm. that. Uh, Doctor Strange, way better. Mm-hmm. So while I agree, it's probably on the lower tier of Marvel movies. Um, that's just kind of what I've come to expect with them. And maybe that's why it was all about expectations, I think, here. Yeah. After the uh, reactions, this movie first started coming out. Kevin Feige already has said that Marvel shows and movies will be less frequent to focus on better quality instead of quantity. And they already pushed back the Marvel's release date, which might be a direct result of this movie's reviews. So I'm thinking now that Guardians 3 needs to be like a home run for Marvel or else the superhero fatigue is going to be in full effect for people. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that hit. It hit 
at Endgame for me, but it probably hit for most people once they started throwing everything on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. All right, so let's get into spoilers here. Uh, we're we're going to go on trial, both of us on trial <laughs> for this. We're going to start uh, with Avatar 2, The Way of Water. If you don't want any spoilers, uh, there's nowhere to skip to. This is spoilers till the end, so this is the end of the episode for you. Come back after you see the movies and see if you agree with us or not. And let us know, because we're open to criticism. That's fine. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Ty, let's get started. So, Ty, I respect you a lot, obviously. We do these uh, this shows together. We've been talking movies back and forth together all the time. UFC, uh, everything. We mm-hmm. go back and forth all the time. So just want to get that out of the way. There is respect here. And so when you told me that you liked Avatar 2, The Way of Water, after I already kind of dipped out after watching maybe an hour or so, um, I'm like, fuck, OK, maybe I got to go back. I got to go give it another chance. And I wasn't going to go do it on my own. So when I bought my ticket to Ant-Man, it was TBD for what the second movie was. And then they announced it as Avatar 2. I'm like, this is my time. This is what I need to do. We're going back in it. Um, I will give it another shot. Uh, if I, I still don't like it, hey, we can just leave. It's just a drive in. I can literally drive away. Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of like I said with the spoiler free part it felt like the same thing the humans are just coming back for no fucking reason other than fuck Sully I guess they're they're mad at him I don't even know if that's his name which is probably <laughs> an, another thing I keep calling him Sully um, I hope I'm right but either way the guy, the guy Jack Sully yes so he stayed back he ends up having some kids and then they end up cloning Sigourney Weaver's character from the first one and turn her into like an avatar and so whatever that happens, they show up, they get kicked out of their forest home, they run away and they end up with this water tribe. And that's cool. Yeah, I, I like that. I like I like water. I like the ocean. Awesome. Um, the kids are obviously unaccepted at first and kind of so are they because of how many fingers they have. And they're just like a slight darker <laughs> shade of blue. So there's like some racism there between, between <laughs> these tribes. Um, but essentially, <laughs> so essentially, they just end up living together and they're like, oh, they can't swim. They can't live in, with us. How will they protect themselves? I'm like, you look the fucking same. What are we talking about? Like, maybe <laughs> they're a little bit taller and more slender, but barely. Um, they teach them the wa- ride, the water creatures, which are literally just the flying creatures from the first one, but underwater. Uh, they still just <laughs> connect their tails or hair, whatever the fuck it is, into them, and then they feel what they feel um, and kind of control them like that. But I, I am almost positive the flying things that they had from the first one, it's also in this one, are just the water things. I'm sorry. The water things are just the flying things swimming around. They can also still fly. So I don't know the difference of these species or how evolution works on this here planet. But it it just felt like a a knockoff. It's like someone copy and pasted something and then like slightly colored it in a little differently. Or, you know, the whole thing where like, hey, can I copy your homework? Yeah, just don't do it exactly. But they did. Uh, That's really what that felt like there. And then once they're in the water tribe, I think there were maybe only 100 words used to create sentences. Um, I would say over half of them were bro. Maybe 20% of them were cuz. And 
you know, another 10% or so was I see you. <laughs> so like <laughs> they just kind of dumbed down the dialogue here. They, and speaking of the dialogue, I tie, I texted you. I'm like, I think I figured out my problem with the movie and the dialogue and, and how everything goes, the script in general, so much of the script and the dialogue is unnecessary. And what I mean by that is they, what they get out of the dialogue would be the same as if they just said nothing. So for example, um, they are taking the Sully's kid hunting underwater. Um, they were trying to make up because they, they fought each other, which was funny. Um, but they're, they're going to go hunting and, uh, they're like, all right, come on, you, you can come hunting with us. And Sully's kid goes, no, I'm a kid. I'm not allowed. Guy goes, oh, I guess I asked the wrong brother. And he goes, all right, let's go. Like immediately. <laughs> Didn't think about it at all. I'm like, what? The okay, sick. The other part that happens is when the military guy from Earth, who is now an avatar, goes to this scientist guy who's working on the planet. And that scientist guy is taking him around to... um uh, the water encampments, whatever, where, where those other uh, Navi live. Mm -hmm. And he's like, all right, let's go hunting. And he's like, no, no, you can't hunt these things. They're like these giant whale things. And he's like, no, no, you can't hunt them. This would literally be like killing their family. And he's like, yeah, I know. And the guy's like, oh, sick. All right, let's make some money immediately. There's no. <laughs> so that's what I mean by the dialogue not having any impact at all on what they're saying, because they're just going to do whatever. There's literally a sentence back and forth or, or an argument like that. And everyone just seems to be able to convince to do whatever the fuck they want. Mm -hmm. Um, trying to think what else here. Finally, uh, the military group shows up to where Sully and his family is with that water tribe and they capture his family within the span of 30 to 45 minutes. One member of the family has gotten captured at least four or five times. <laughs> like the little retarded kid, Duke, um, would just escape. He would be set free somehow and then end up being fucking captured. Or they set him free again and he falls down uh, the, the current into the, the sinking ship. And it, it's like he just fucks everything up. And I, I guess that's kind of a theme where like the kids, they, they kind of feel like... Uh, outsiders which sure um and they don't fit in but again they just keep getting captured the i saw a comment that was so true was uh the whale in the movie has the most character development in the whole movie because he goes from uh he finds this whale and he's missing a fin um and they're like oh he got kicked out of the tribe for being violent or some shit and then he ends up like bonding with uh Sully's uh younger son and they form this bond and he is literally the the one that saves them. He body slams these boats and just murders all these people and again redeems himself as a character. Um Sully's oldest son died and I didn't give a shit about it. Like yeah. you have no connection to these kids, you know, over a 3-hour movie you would feel like you would form some sort of bond with uh with these kids these characters i didn't feel anything for any of them so like there was this big emotional moment where um 
Zoe, I, I am drawing a blank on her last name, but Gamora. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where uh, Saldana. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where the acting did shine through. Like her son just died. You could feel her her sadness and everything, but I didn't care. <laughs> you yeah. know, she she uh, did a very good job there, but I, I just didn't care. I felt nothing for them. And also when this giant water battle happens, the whole, hey, let's bring the whole water tribe with us to fight. They just fucked off. <laughs> they, yeah. they, 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 they aren't even there during the fight. Um, they just all left and it's the same five people that it was at the beginning getting attacked yet again and so it kind of comes full circle where they are in the literal exact same position they were in at the beginning of the movie which is hey you were getting hunted um it's just a five of uh, five of us we need to find a new tribe to hide out with oh shit okay they're gone now it's just the five of us again and it it, it it's just like the dialogue if this movie didn't happen and you start in avatar three, I feel like you could go into avatar three without seeing avatar two because there was nothing added during this movie that will, um, continue, uh, matter in perpetuity. Um, everyone survived other than the, the older, the oldest kid, even mm-hmm. the bad guy survives, which I flipped out on. I, I I flipped out my car. I left my car and I went to to the concession stand because this didn't make any sense to me. And I really had to think about it. I tried Googling for answers. I couldn't find any. He choked him out under water. Yeah, you'd just be dead if that didn't what, realize. Like, well, I well, when you're underwater, you can't breathe. <laughs> when you're being choked out, you can't breathe. Choking someone out underwater doesn't make them lose breath quicker unless you know you're thrashing them around maybe punching them in the stomach getting the air out of their lungs so i'm like what the fuck just happened why why did that work um and then spider the little kid who um is culturally appropriating the navi saved him for whatever reason and then ran away and rejoined the family so yet again no one that made an impact died mm-hmm. um so yeah, that's really the thing. It was it felt like a pointless movie at the end. Looked amazingly beautiful. Um, but that is really all I can say about it. So other than looking incredible, Ty, what did you enjoy about this movie? So I'm just gonna go ahead and say that I haven't seen it in a while. And so I do agree with a lot of the things you're saying. I like this movie, but I don't love this movie. So I think I sure. might lose this argument outright. But I think I'll make up for it in the in the Ant-Man argument. Anyway. So um <laughs> So like I said, I had low expectations going into this movie. I wasn't expecting anything crazy. Because like I said, I wasn't a big Avatar guy. And kind of like you mentioned that if even if you didn't see this one, you went to the third one, you could be able to watch it. I think that's one good thing this movie is going for is that even if you don't watch that first one, you watch this one, it's kind of its own contained story. You know, you get like a decent action movie that looks great. You know, you can go, you can watch it, eat some popcorn. And I think that's the big appeal of this movie is that it's more for a wider audience so I think that's one good thing James Cameron's good at is that having movies that appeal to everybody. As we see, it's already become the third highest grossing movie of all time. So I think this is more of just a go and watch it and kind of enjoy it and not look too deeply into it movie. But um, I do think it's entertaining as hell for, uh, the, what it, for what it is. I thought um, 
some of my favorite moments whenever they are riding in the water in the fighting scenes, whenever they're fighting like the Australian whale fisherman guy. And then he just gets completely like lit up, killed. Like, I think he, his arm gets cut off or his head gets cut off, something like that. That was one of the most satisfying deaths I've seen in the movie in a while. Uh, I did like the final battle scene between uh, Sully and uh, Lang's character. I think his name's Quaritch, Quaritch, something like that. Whenever he's just fighting, he's like, let's get it done. Then they just started to yeah. fight. That was kind of hype. That had me excited in my seat. Um, but I do think when it comes down to it, I like this movie, but it's not, it's not great. So you're not wrong in a lot of your criticisms. It might just be another thing where it's like, what, what do you want from the movie? Right. Um, I think if it was cut down a little bit, I would have been fine with it. If it was an hour and a half, perfect movie. And I truly think it could be contained in an hour and a half. Yeah. Uh, humans show up. They have to leave the forest. They go to the water people. Water people teach them to ride the water things. Humans come and attack. The water tribe actually helps them fight them. Uh, and they kill the bad guy. And it ends. I, I think that's fine. I think that would have been very good. Uh, but yeah, just the sheer length, three, three hours, 12 minutes, and the dialogue not meaning a thing just kind of killed me. Um, mm -hmm. Again, I, I by no means the worst movie I've ever seen. Um, I think I ended up giving... I, so I usually do like IMDb ratings. It's just yeah. what I've been used to. So uh -huh. four out of 10, 40 out of 100, however you want to uh -huh. do it, two stars. Uh, I'm sorry, no. That would be one star. Um, that's just kind of how it be. Um, okay, yeah. I don't even remember what I ended up writing it on. I think I didn't even write it down. I think I'd probably, I'd probably be at about like a 65 on like a 6.5 out of 10. I liked it. I'd say like three and a half stars or so. All right, Ty. Uh, I'm on trial now for enjoying Ant-Man more than I should have. So go ahead. Let me have it. Buckle up, baby. Here we go. <laughs> okay. So like I said, this movie had the hype around it was so high. We had such high expectations for this movie. Everybody did as far as Marvel fans, everybody. So uh, like I said, didn't want to go into it before spoilers, but here we go now. So the first entire first half of this movie just feels like a bad Star Wars movie and looks like a bad Star Wars movie with the quantum realm just looks <laughs> way too over the top CGI and they're walking around and it just goes so slow. This whole first half of the movie is so slow. They're walking around trying to figure out where the hell they are, what they're going to do, trying to find Scott, trying to find Cassie, whatever. Another thing, I didn't give a single shit about any of these Quantum Realm villager people that show up. <laughs> they do so quickly to us, and we're just supposed to feel bad for them because Kang fucks them all up because they're nothing. Um, so I didn't feel bad for them at all. I think the lady's name was Jen Tora. That was like the warrior, warrior leader of them all. She just looked like a bad video game character. She really brought nothing to the story for me, and she kind of just felt so bland. I feel like that's one of Marvel's worst characters ever. Um, so she looked like a bad video game character. The mind reader guy was probably the best part of those villager peoples. He was kind of funny. He had some comic relief to him. But um, like I was saying, they're walking around, and like I could not stand for another second Janet Van Dyne, Michelle Pfeiffer. All she, all she had to do was explain what happened to her in the quantum realm before they went there or anything or while, she, while they were all there. She explained anything instead of refusing to talk about. It, they could have all this could have been avoided. I think she says the word "him" talking about Kang about fifty times. Whenever she could have just said Kang, this guy is going to fuck everybody up and everything up. We need to get the hell out of here. 
Also, whenever they flash back 30 years ago to whenever she first met Kenny in the Quantum Realm, she didn't look 30 years younger at all. I thought that was stupid. She looked about the same. I mean, I guess she's an older lady, but they didn't do a really good job of making her look any younger. Um, so all that being said, I found myself rooting for Kang the entire movie. Uh, he was the only interesting part to me. I wanted him to just lay waste the entire quantum realm, kick every single person's ass. But then he just doesn't. He's supposed to be the next major villain of the MCU, and he lost to fucking Ant-Man. That's insane to me. Uh, he was supposed to be so powerful, and he gets exiled into this realm because he's the best there is, all this stuff. But then he literally loses in the most lame scene I've ever seen to an army of fucking ants. Ants! <laughs> so surely he's not dead or whatever, but having him, having him end the way he did in the movie felt like nothing of consequence happened. They kind of just pop down into the quantum realm. They fight Kang. They go back up. And they're at a restaurant by the end of this movie. So it felt like the stakes were just too high for an Ant-Man movie for me. Um, the first two were cool because they're just like funny Ant-Man shrinking around doing wacky stuff on Earth. Not trying to beat up like the next big villain in the MCU. They're just fighting like mean business guys. Um, so that leads me to this part. Cassie Lang, uh, mm. Catherine Newton. She was maybe the worst part about this entire movie. I thought she was insufferable. Uh, Ant-Man's daughter. So she has a suit the entire time, then they're flying into the uh, quantum realm, getting ripped apart into shreds, whatever. And she just didn't use it. Uh, I don't know what was up with that. She could have just been like, uh, oh, suit time. But then she's talking to Modok at the end. Modok, who was one of the best parts of the movie, he was actually yeah. funny. He was the bad guy from the first movie, who was pretty much just a dickhead businessman that also got an Ant-Man suit. But anyway, so she's talking to, to Modok, trying to convince him to, hey, don't be a dick, man. And that might have been the most cringe shit I ever heard in my life. It wasn't funny, and it just stunk. I wish Kang would have killed her. Fuck her. I do have a couple good things I liked about the movie, though. Um, the probability storm scene was pretty cool with all the different Ant-Men trying to climb up and get into the, um, the core there. There are some genuinely funny scenes, like him listening to his own audiobook was really funny, too. Whenever it was like, and then the Hulk turned me into a baby. Was I the Hulk's baby? I laughed out loud at that. So there were some genuinely laugh-out-loud scenes in this movie. Um, but Jonathan Majors is a standout as Kang, and that's undeniable here. Um, I'm glad we're going to have more of him to look forward to. But other than that, for me, the bad far outweighed the good for this movie for me. And it's one of the worst in the MCU, in my opinion. Um, that being said, though, I'd rather watch a bad MCU movie than a lot of other movies. So I do think if you're a fan of the MCU, you can find some good in it and enjoy it and go see it. But don't expect it to be like a top-tier Marvel film like we were expecting. Kind of, for me, the bottom line is that this movie didn't live up to the hype and expectations that it had. So I ended up at like a 60 or so, 6 out of 10 on it for now. I spent a lot of time just now shitting on it, but I still liked it more than The Eternals, and I liked it more than uh, recently Megan. So there's a good introduction to Kang uh, in the movie in the postcard scenes. It's fun, but a frustrating movie for me. Yeah, and that's... Really interesting because it, it does feel like expectations. You came in with high expectations. I I can't say that I did. We both rated this a six, like you just said. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's interesting to me. Where I'm like, yeah, six. That, that felt like what I expected it to be. That's where it landed. It sounds like you expected it to maybe be like eight plus, yeah. but it landed at a six. So that makes a lot of sense for for why you are upset. So like everything in life, it's all about expectations. I agree mm -hmm. with you a ton. Uh, mm -hmm. On the things you said, especially about Cassie, she annoyed the ever-living shit out of me. Mm -hmm. um, why did she start this? Why why start sending signals to the quantum realm? I, yeah, especially I, I, after cool. she, 
she comes back <laughs> and she's like, this is the worst time I've ever spent in my life. 30 years down here. Don't do it. But Cassie's like, let's do it. I'm going to send signals down there for really, I don't know what reason. Yeah. And he was like, fuck my new grandma. I don't care what she says. So yeah. I, uh, yeah. And then again, this Jill Pfeiffer character, uh, you don't really care about her. She's supposed to, she acts like some hard ass once they get to the quantum round. She's like, yeah, these are my people. I know who to talk to. Um, what I, I shouldn't be shitting on it. I, I'm supposed to defend the movie. Damn it. Uh, I told you, but, but yeah, no, I, I agree with all of those. Um, but it was all about expectations. I expected it to be kind of mid tier. That's what it came out as. There were uh-huh. moments where I did crack up. Uh, audiobook bit was funny. Modoc mm-hmm. was the funniest thing to me. I've been playing snap. Yeah. And they have Modoc on there. And I'm like, man, he looks stupid. How are they going to make him look in the movie? They made him look stupid because yeah, how, he looks stupid. No, yeah. There's no other way to do it. That's just how he fucking looks. It was um, funny. You see his little naked Modoc ass, too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you got a little baby legs. These aren't baby legs. Shut up. You know, Anytime like, someone that's like from the first two movies sees him, like, wait, what was his name? Steve or Scott? They're like, Scott? Dennis. I can't remember what it was. Dennis, like Dennis, he's like, no, I'm Modoc now. But like, hey, Modoc. how are you? It's it's funny. And like, he wouldn't even respond to Dennis when when they were on the radio. He's like, Dennis, Dennis, and then he's like, <laughs> fuck, Modoc. He's like, yeah, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> so there are funny moments there, and that that's what Paul Rudd's good at. That's what he's always been good at. Is that's why like I feel snapback comedy. Sh- yeah, I do feel bad for shitting on because I do like Paul Rudd as Ant Man. I Paul Rudd's just great. So yeah. it's like it's tough to want to shit on it because of that, but like it all comes down to the expectations, pretty much. Like, I thought this, I thought this had too high stakes for an Ant Man movie, you know? Sure. And I feel like not nothing really happened. Like, no consequences. I mean, unless Kang's not actually dead, which I'm assuming he's not, because in the end we get the post credit scenes, which we'll talk about too. They're pretty cool. Sets up Loki season two, and it sets up the rest of what I'm assuming what's Kang's going to do. Um, but yeah, it just feels like nothing really of consequence happened. And I think they also kind of nerfed Kang in this to make him look weak, even though he's poised to be the next big MCU villain. I don't know. Just losing to an army of ants is like a tough look if you're like the big bad in the MCU, you know? Yeah, I don't think this version of Kang is going to be like the leader when mm-hmm. it comes to the Avengers movie. I, you know, if let's just assume he's dead right mm-hmm. now or at least kind of out of the picture, there were how hundreds more kind of coming in in those last mm-hmm. credit scenes that I would imagine those are the ones we saw that we're talking are going to be the quote unquote leaders. Yeah. Um, but it, it's kind of the same deal, right? Where if you completely skipped Ant-Man and the Wasp, I don't think mm-hmm. you miss anything going into Advent Avengers. Yeah. Right. But um, now after this, so I'm kind of like worried about Ant-Man deserving his own mainline movies. I kind of think he should just be more like a side guy. Unless they just lower the stakes back down to Ant-Man level shit and kind of let them do like their funny shrinking bits and humor. So I think that's where Ant-Man works well. But I think on a big scale like this, yeah. it doesn't work as well. Yeah, and I think in general with Marvel movies, superhero movies, the simplest ones work the best. Mm-hmm. Um not everything has to be quantum physics and and uh, universe travel. We've had right. those already with Do- Doctor Strange, No Way Home. Those mm-hmm. movies did it right. Uh, this one, I mean, we didn't hit on uh, alternate universe stuff really other than him saying, uh, Kang saying, yeah, I'm from all these universes. I've killed all these people, stuff like that. That's really all they talked about it. 
Yeah. Um, but just like the quantum realm stuff, like you're smaller than oxygen atoms or or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, how are you breathing? Also, actually, that's a good point, and I, I'm I'm going against myself here, but um when they shrunk down to the quantum realm, uh Hank Pym goes, We should be dead, and then they go, Why aren't we? I don't think that was ever explained. Yeah, I don't know either. And in the first two, Hank Pym's kind of like a just like a kind of a doucher, like kind of like rude almost. And in this one, he's just like the funny, quirky old grandpa that drives ships with weird jelly tubes. <laughs> yeah, I laughed at that too. That was silly. It was. And I'm like, I'm fine with all that silliness. That, that's kind of what I expect from Ant-Man, kind of what I expect from like Deadpool. You know, you go yeah. into a Deadpool movie, you're like, yeah, this is just going to be a fun ride. Um, why was Bill Murray in this movie? Yeah, literally Bill Murray, just a cameo. I don't know if it's a cameo role or what, but like it was, it, it could have been anybody. It didn't really make a difference that it was Bill Murray. I mean, he no. kind of talked about plowing her out, like plowing around in front of like her daughter and stuff. That was kind of wild. Yeah. I don't know. And then, yeah, it's, I don't know. I did spend a lot of time shooting on this movie, but like I said, I'd still rather watch a bottom tier Marvel movie than a lot of others. Like I'll probably watch this movie again and again, whenever it's on Disney plus, just because that's, I'm a Marvel guy, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. Saw it in driving both this and avatar and it was just, it was just fun going to the movies in general is fun. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's hard to complain. Even watching a shitty movie, it, it's sometimes fun to just shit on a movie. Yeah. Like Winnie the Pooh. I had fun shitting on it more than I had fun <laughs> watching it though. So it's worth it just to go even to talk about afterwards. It's fun to go and see a movie. So do it folks. Don't go. Go see movies. Uh, any anything else? Ty? I think we hit all the major points. I'm trying to think. So the post credit scenes, like the Council of Kangs, that's that's going to be a big. I'm assuming a big part of the MCU going forward. And then the last, like the post post credit scene where uh, it was Loki that set up season two of Loki. So that'll be cool. Loki was one of the best uh, Disney Plus shows. So we have that to look forward to. Other so- than that, though. Can you I really explain hope. the Loki scene? Uh, so, like, like I told you, everyone started turning their lights on at the drive-in. I couldn't yeah. fucking see what was going on. So, that scene we saw at the end of uh, Ant-Man was a scene that, um, in Loki, Kang, as the um, He Who Remains variant, is talking about himself. So, he's talking about that what we see in that scene. So, he says, there's a variant of me that discovers... Um, pretty much that there's multiple universes stacked up on top of each other. And he's explaining in Loki pretty much what we see play out in uh, in the end of Ant-Man. So then you see Loki there. So now that's kind of going to lead to what happens in season two of Loki. So whether Loki's going to that to try to stop Kang somehow or what, we're not sure yet, but that's what he's talking about. It's a direct scene from uh, Loki season one. Oh, okay. All right, cool. Yeah. And so coming up, we have two years before Avengers the Kang Dynasty. I'll also say that. Um, having Kang in this movie felt kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it was just supposed to be an introduction to him, but when you know that the Avengers movie coming out in two years is called the Kang Dynasty, you kind of know that this dude's going to not be gone. Yeah, so that's like that's another thing. Like Having him in this and look the way he did it just doesn't feel like he's going to be the next big villain in arc of the MCU. So that's why that's just another thing I didn't like about it. I think that going forward, they need to do better at that because everybody thought that he was just going to wipe the floor with Ant-Man and nothing happens. 
So it's kind looking, of just chilling. Looking at what's going forward, there's quite a few movies in between now and Kang Dynasty that I got to say, I don't, I do not care about most of them. Right. So, I agree. So next we got Guardians Volume 3 on May 5th this year. Um, Marvel's July 28th. That got pushed back, correct? Or is it still it July? Yeah, that's the one that got pushed back, I think, as a result of the reviews for this movie. But that's one that I really I do not care about. <laughs> like, I, I didn't watch Miss Marvel on Disney Plus, and I, I don't know why. It's, uh, this seems like it could go direct to Disney Plus, and I don't know how much it's going to make at the box office after this. I, I think wish- Marvel really needs Guardians to be a home run or else the yeah. uh, superhero fatigue discourse will be next level going forward. I wish Brie Larson still was stuck in that room with that kid. <laughs> <laughs> I hated that movie. As soon as they got out and the kid just starts acting like a fuck, I'm like, should have left him there. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Marvel's don't care about that. Captain America, New World Order, uh, May 3rd, 2024. I don't care about that one either. I don't like the new Captain America. I want Steve Rogers back. I haven't, I haven't seen it. Um, so uh, you're a Marvel guy. I'll probably won't see it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. July 2024, the Thunderbolts. Not a clue what that's about, nor do I really care. It's almost like their version of the Suicide Squad. It's a bunch of Why? half villain, half good people. Yeah, it's it's. there's a lot of upcoming stuff. It's not looking great for Marvel here. All right, September 2024. I this is all right. This is where I get excited. Blade. That's going to be a good one, hopefully. Yeah, that, that needs I'm, to be rated R. Yeah, and I don't think Mahershala Ali can do any wrong at this point. For sure. Um, I love the original Blade movies with Wesley Snipes. He was a killer. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe he'll have a cameo. Funny as shit if he did. Because he went to prison for tax evasion. <laughs> <laughs> Just make make it all back on a Marvel cameo, Wesley. Yeah. Uh, so Blade, excited for that. Deadpool 3, November 8th, 2024. I'm about that as well. Yeah, that'll be great, hopefully. Fe- February 14th, 2025, Fantastic Four. I don't care. Wow. And then finally, May 2nd, 2025, the Kang Dynasty. Um, nothing. There's definitely going to be stuff in between it. Um, and then Avengers Secret Wars, May 1st, 2026. So th- again, that's a problem, right? With with yeah. announcing all these movies so far ahead. It's like, cool, you're getting people hyped and excited. But it's also kind of a spoiler for, for what is going to happen. Yeah, and that's what's... So the first, the whole first arc of the MCU that was like the Infinity Saga that let, ended with Endgame or whatever. Now, it seems like they're just trying to do it all way too quickly now between like these Avengers team up movies and like the Kang and the secret war and stuff. It seems like there's not going to be as much of a buildup in between, which I don't think is a good move. Like, like we said, we're excited for maybe three of these movies until, yeah. uh, well, maybe including the Kang dynasty and secret wars. We're excited for a f- select few of them. And we're supposed to be hyped for like a team up at Marvel, like Avengers events type movie. It doesn't seem like any of that is going to get anybody hyped for that. Yeah. Cause who's, there's no Thor movies in between all that. I guess we had one come out, but it, like, is he still Avengers? Do we know who's all going to be Avengers now? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm I'm sure comic book people will know. Yeah. Um, that just ain't me. Yeah, and I'm I'm sure. I'm hoping that they'll be good, but maybe this might be. Not looking great for Marvel going forward. We'll see. I have high hopes. We'll I don't want to be. I don't want to find out and be wrong and whatever. But I, 
<laughs> I hope that they're good. All right, Ty, that will do it for this episode. That actually went quicker than I thought, but kind of on the dot here, a little bit over an hour uh, less yeah. if you didn't want spoilers. So uh, good stuff. Let's do it again next week. Yeah, we'll do it again next week. We'll figure out what we're going to review, and we'll see you guys then. Bye-bye.